At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line here on the Saturday, the eve of Super Bowl 56. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point, where you can see over my shoulder, we're starting to line up here, getting the props in, getting all the bets in. Michael Lombardi out at the Borgata, where it's starting to heat up as well. We're going to have TG coming up in just a little bit. We're going to we're efforting for Mike Martz as we speak. Uh, Michael Simon, we've got plenty to do. Just a quick setup to start off the new hour here, Michael. The number, the Rams, lane four. Remember, it was four and a half for a while. That hook has gone everywhere. As a matter of fact, we're closer to three and a half than we are to four and a half and a total no doubt. 48 and a half up to, I see a couple 49 and a halfs here, Michael. So 49, I'll call it on the total. You know, I, I think it's, I, I like the over in this game. I really do. I, I think this will be a little bit of an offensive. It has to be a little bit of an, because both offensive coaches, I know both coaches want to control the pace of the game and both coaches have done a great job in the playoffs of winning the time of possession. Time of possession really only matters to me in, in terms of eliminating your defense from having to play too much. It doesn't indicate a winner because, you know, the Bengals have played just 20, 20, a little bit like 28 minutes of defense in these three games, which has really helped them because they've given up almost six yards per play. If they were playing 32 minutes, they would have been eliminated by now. So the offense by able to this is why running the ball sometimes it, it doesn't always make the the, the people at home watching the game or the analyst, you know, why are we doing that? It kind of paces the game and slows the game down and takes some of the pressure off the quarterback. So this is kind of a two teams that have been able to do it. The Rams just have done it much better than the Bengals. Okay, so Rams, Bengals going to kick 3.30 my time, Michael, 6.30 your time tomorrow, Super Bowl 56. So let's Is that when the kick is? I, is that, is I, that the kick or is that the pre-kick or is it that we got, I mean, I, I want to know when the ball's going in the air. That's the only thing I want to now, then I'm going to sit down and watch the game. When the ball is going in the air, what is that? Is that 6.30? You're telling me I, that for you, sure? Well, don't hold me to it because you know how some of this can get. Well, it, That's actually a great. Let's go there. Let's talk about all the pomp and circumstance that surrounds. And really, as we're a little over 30 hours out from hopefully kicking off, what, yeah. what talk, walk us through the Rams. Nobody can do it better than you. Walk us through what the Rams and Bengals are going to go through from here on out. 
Well, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to just kind of today, Saturday, team pitcher, you know, kind of get together at their team hotel, whatever the NFL's given them as the team hotel, you know, do their walkthroughs, kind of last-minute preparation, and then prepare for their night meetings tonight that start at 7.30. But I'm sure that they have rehearsed the longer halftime. I'm sure yesterday they spent time going over the longer halftime with the players. And I'm sure they've also spent a lot of time making sure that your players don't go out too early to warm up and then get pools or anything like that because there's so much delay between the warm-ups and the actual kicking the ball in the air. So you've got to have that mechanism worked into it. And, and they're really good at the precision of the clock. Like, look, okay, here's where we're going to go out. Here's where we are to kick off and work all those dynamics out. And, and the details on a Friday practice, that's what they did yesterday. And McVay knows he's been here before, so he knows how long people want to kind of spread this out from the time the players actually get to the stadium, which they have to get there early, uh, and then by the time they actually start to play and they're loosened up completely. Well, I'm glad you brought that. I, I was listening to an old clip, and I can't remember who it was, so I do apologize, but they were talking about their first year in the Super Bowl, and the whole team got ready on their old condition of, you know, this regular season. They got ready to go out, and the security guard stopped them and said, no, you guys got 15 more minutes. And he said yeah. that really sucked the energy out of us, this player in particular talking about the Super Bowl halftime. Is there something to that where you kind of oh, get no in doubt. a rhythm? No doubt. And I think Rich Gannon brought it up in the last segment. I mean, he talked about how hot it was in San Diego that day. And we went out there and played and, and, pra and warmed up, and, and it took a lot of gas out of us. Now, look, they were the better team. They deserved the win. I'm not making excuses. But that was really something, I think, that sucked the wind out of us. And, and we went out there early and never really could recover from it. And, and the game went from bad to worse. Even though we got the interception early in the game by Charles Woodson, you know, we couldn't do anything with it. And the speed of their defense was too much for us. And I think that's the other thing that sometimes when you get in this game where you haven't played against an opponent, you know, you've got to try to get used to the speed of the game a little bit. And that Raven defense that we played in a playoff game, that got us. We weren't used to the speed of the defense. And the Bucks defense, we weren't used to that speed too. So there's a little bit of that and you got to be fresh to start the game. So yeah, I think that does affect you, Patrick. And, and Michael, he he also mentioned, remember, 2000 to 2003, the NFL went back to the one week in between. Now we're obviously, I think it's happened seven it's, times. It's got to stay two weeks. There's just too much logistics to do. you got to get everybody's family in play. You know, the players are kind of overwhelmed. You know, you've just won this incredible game, you know, and you're celebrating, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got to get back into the tune of it. I mean, you need some time to, to kind of get into the flow, and so I, I think it should always stay at two weeks, as much as I don't like having to wait, but I think it's better for the quality of the game. I really do. I think you just nailed it. I think for betters, you, it's, it can be dangerous with the analysis paralysis and when you have more time, that confirmation bias tends to sink in a little bit. With the players, it does seem like a really swift turnaround to go one week in between this because there's so much going on. The media availability, they just wrapped that up last night, Michael. Yeah, no doubt. They did. It's, it's so, and, and, yeah. And so you've got to cater to the league. And certainly, look, this is an important day. It's, it's, it's not an, it's not, this game is not about about just us here in the United States. This is an international game. I mean, I learned that. We, we really, when I was with the Raiders, I had no place to sit during the game. I had no place to sit. There was no seats. Usually when you are work for a, a team as an executive, they always put you in the press box. No, there's no pre there's no, there's no press box seats at Qualcomm Stadium when we played in 02. There was no, I had nowhere to go. You know where to watch the game. I had to go to somebody's suite, and I, and I don't even know these people. They're in there celebrating, and I'm like, <laughs> I, like, I got to get out of here. 
you know? You know, and so it was. It was hard, and you realize it when you're walking, and all the all the suites are taken by these international companies as they broadcast the game back to them. And you realize how big this game is to the world, not just to the United States. Well, you know who else is having a hard time finding a seat this year? You've heard of Eric Dickerson, a Ram legend, 2,000 yard yeah. rusher, second leading rusher in the history of the franchise. Uh, he's bitter because he's not going to the Super Bowl, at least he said this, because uh, he asked for tickets, and he's worked with the organization. There were issues in the past. He asked for tickets. He said they tried to put him up in the rafters, and Eric Dickerson said, I'm not going. Think about it. If Eric Dickerson can't get a pimp seat, this is rough. Yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. I mean, I don't understand how that happens. I really don't. I mean, there's tickets available. I mean, this was I mean, there's always tickets available and especially, you know, the Rams are 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 in the game. So this is how the tickets work. Obviously, all 32 teams get an allotment of their tickets, right? And then the home team that's hosting it gets a little bit more. And then the the teams that are in it, they get a lot more. So the Rams got more because they're the home team and then they got more because they're in it. So they, you know, where the Bucks didn't even gain that advantage. So I, I kind of find it hard to believe that Kevin Demoff, the president of the of the Rams, would kind of let this out. Because one thing you got to know about Eric, I mean, Eric's not shy to tell somebody no, what's wrong. No, you know. So and I don't, I'm not faulting him for that. I'm just saying, if you want to mess around with him on the tickets and put him up, you're gonna, you know, you're paying a price for it. Like, you know, you are, and you should have to. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Dickerson's going to speak his mind, and he, he's earned the right to do so. Remember when Jeff Fisher was coaching the Rams, uh, he had issues with, anyway, I won't get into the drama, oh, yeah. but it, but it, this fits the bigger point about a team in the Rams, at least the head coach that can help his team through this process, and a Bengals team that's playing with house money, essentially, they're here for the first time in a long time, and you mentioned it. It's not just the players, you know, the assistants, and everybody's going through the same ticket request and just logistics. I mean, this is overwhelming for a lot of people. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, it's a, there's a lot to, lot to take in. And, and so, you know, as we were talking about, you've got to be able to get the players to focus, right? And so that's part of the challenge when you've never been to the game before is, is to be able to explain to the players, hey, listen, you know, in pregame, we've got to do this. You've got to focus on these three things. I mean, I know there's a zillion distractions. I know there's a bunch of celebrities on the field, all that stuff. we got to focus and really concentrate on what we're doing. And we've got to relax while we're doing it. We can't can't kind of all hyper about, oh, it's a big game. we got to get ready. No, we can't do that. The national – so we're going to kick off on time. Stephen Bond just told me that, you know, this, the scheduling should be 6.30 kickoff. Prior to that, which – I, I, I I'm you, don't, you doubt that? I don't, you, you can I take, doubt take the over on that? <laughs> yeah, I'll take the over on that. Um, your favorites will be performing – the Nat Anthem, the national anthem, Mickey Guyton and Cupcake. Yeah, Mickey Guyton, a country. Oh, Cupcake. Good, good. <laughs> I was happy to hear that. <laughs> he said, oh, Cupcake. Um, Mickey Guyton, actually a tremendous singer. She's a country artist. Uh, so looking forward. Who, do you remember your times there who sang the national anthem? You know, I do. I forget. I, I actually like the anthem. The best anthem I've ever heard in my life, ever was uh, Beyonce sang it in Houston when, when the Panthers yes. played the Patriots. Yes. It, it was, it was, I mean, Whitney Houston was incredible, but Beyonce uh, was, that was like, I remember I was sitting, Millie and I were sitting and I looked at her and I, whoa, that was unbelievable. That was a Janet Jackson game. And the lady sitting to, to Millie's left and, and further to my left was like, I just saw her boob. And I, I don't know how the hell she saw it from this far. 
I mean, remember the Janet Jackson game? Yes, where of course. Splashed? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, of course. Family show. Uh, Beyonce, yeah, that was 04. Beyonce, by the way, in my eyes, does a lot right, Michael Lombardi. You know what I'm saying? I think she's incredible. I, I do really too. do. I, I mean, do you know, fan. but I say, I'll say this, that, uh, you know, when, when, uh, what's the, the, the Judd, I don't know the, the Ashley Judd? Judd, I don't know the, no, the other one, I said, the bit, the, the, she's kind Why of, Winona Judd, Winona Judd, there you go, there you go, that's what she sang one time at Nashville, she sang the national anthem in Nashville, it was spectacular, and she had this black coat on, and when she took the coat off, she had a Frank Wycheck jersey underneath of it, it was spectacular. <laughs> Shout out to Frank Wycheck. that no, the, the Judds have a, and they're big Kentucky Hoops fans as well. We mentioned Huge. this at the beginning of the show, but we're right now, not quite in the middle, but our 56 hours of free video coverage is going on right now at vcin.com, you see the schedule, this is the best programming we put together in six years, and it continues through the Super Bowl. Follow the money, but of course, tomorrow, right after the Lombardi line, Brent Musburger, one-on-one -on -one with Billy Walters, the greatest gambler of all time. That is can't miss. So again, it continues. You can find it for free right now at vsin.com. We continue Lombardi line, vsin, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, first bet wants you to get in on all the horse racing action. Sign up today with the promo code Vegas1000. And when you do, you receive $10 instantly and up to a $1,000 bonus. When you use that bonus code Vegas1000, visit vcin.com slash horses for details. That's vcin.com slash horses for more details. We got a draft, Nick, coming up in about 15 minutes. That is Michael Simon, the celebrity chef. Friend of Michael and Millie Lombardi, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line, it's Vsin the Sports Betting Network. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. Got a poll question, Michael, that Stephen Bond's uh -oh. got set up for us. You know how he does. What? He uh, snuck into my Twitter account and starts moving things around. I get alerts from Twitter saying you got some somebody messing with your account. Change your password. Then I change my password. I forget what the hell I made my password. It's all Bond. He just takes over. Yeah. He. You know what? He is shady. Let's be honest. But he does have a poll question. We're going to put it up live at VEASAN Live right now. We'll have the results tomorrow here on the Lombardi line. So it's pretty simple. What's your best bet for the Super Bowl? You're going to go Rams, Bengals. You're going to go over. 
49-ish right now. You're going to go under that posted total. So there it is, at VEASAN Live, our poll question. We want to know you, the VEASAN viewer, your best bet for the Super Bowl. Okay. The special teams. And today's a little bit of nuts and bolts, Michael. We went through the offensive yeah. fronts. Well, we have to talk special. Like, can you imagine uh, Bill Belichick tuning into the Lombardi line today and saying, you're breaking down the Super Bowl from a betting perspective and not talking uh, special teams? He'd be out of his mind. Let's start with the Bengals on special teams. Well, I, I think this, you know, let's work it a little bit backwards here. Let's talk about Raheem Morris. And, you know, when he knows that this kicker, when you know you have a kicker on the other team, that can make kicks from distance from a 55 yarder and you're at the, and you they have the ball at the 35 let's say and that if they back it up that's a 52 yarder and it's are you going to be you're going to be aggressive with your call i mean all this kind of ties in right? right because of his effectiveness to make these kicks because he's got 40 points in 3 games because he hasn't missed outside of 50 yards it really affects your calls because i think what you do know is you know Zach Taylor is not going to pass points up you know that. You know, it's not going to be, well, I'm going to run it here to get the first down because I'm going to go for it on fourth down anyway. You know, when you have a bad kicker, you work around them. When you have a good kicker, you work towards them. And I think that's going to set this special teams up a little bit in terms of how they're going to approach it. And so if you're Raheem Morris in your play sheet and you know you're in that gray area and you've seen and you've seen this has happened, and you've seen it. No one's mentioned it. You've seen it. Where, whereas Joe Burrow's take, nothing drives me crazier, crazier in football than when a quarterback takes a sack that knocks the team out of field goal range or puts him in, a, in an area where it could be a missed field goal. And, and Burrow did it twice, twice, three times in that Tennessee game, and this kid came through for him. So if you're Raheem, you're saying, okay, if I pressure him here – and get them to throw the ball hot, they're going to kick it. I'm not worried about him going for it on fourth down. If I don't pressure him here, he's got a better chance. So I think all that's going to tie in. That's what makes the special teams, especially having a dominant kicker for the Bengals, so effective. It affects the play caller. Michael Lombardi, an audible here, and a special audible. Mike Martz is going to join us here on the Lombardi oh, line, great. presented by Ben. Ex great. Excited to have him for five-plus minutes. Coach Martz, longtime NFL coach, of course, head coach there in St. Louis. Actually, I think Coach Martz was in L.A. for a couple of years before before the Rams moved. And yesterday, Mark Bolger on this show said the greatest offensive mind he's ever been around. And we say hi to Coach Martz. Hi, Coach. How are you? Hi, I'm, I'm doing real good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. So, Mark Bolger said the greatest offensive mind of all time. So, why don't we start on the offensive side? Start with what you see from Burrow and the Bengals, Coach. You know, the biggest issue, of course, would be the offensive line. There's a difference between taking sacks because of coverage. And then there's one because the coverage breaks down. It's easier to get rid of the ball. Of course, when it's a coverage sack, you know, the ball needs to be out. It just needs to be out. You can't. There should never be a coverage sack. You can throw it away. But they're just weak in the pass protection, and that's that's harder to throw the ball away under under pressure because bad things happening. He's taught to protect it and take the sack. I get it. That's one of the reasons why we're in the Super Bowl. He doesn't make bad decisions, which I really appreciate about him. I think he's the brightest, you know, young quarterback coming up in the league. I think he's one of those guys that comes on every 40 years or so. Wow. That's a lot of praise yeah. for Joe Burrow, Michael. Coach, let me yeah, ask you. It's really great to have guy, you, Coach. Though. 
Yeah, Coach, it's great to have you. I appreciate you coming on the show. How would you? How do you sure. think? How would you approach it if you were the Bengals? If you were coaching the Bengals offense, would you be empty, try to get the ball out quick like they did against the Raiders, or would you think more six and seven man protections to try to force the ball down the field a little bit? Two tight ends in the game and run up those light in the rear end defense ends they got. That's what I'd run. Power football. 240, 250 pounds, you know, and they they run the ball as poor as they are and protect the quarterback. They're really a good blocking, run blocking offensive line. So I think they really got to make those defensive ends play football and, and double team down with the running game. That's, that's not hard to do. They can do that. But you can't make a living on that, but you can certainly slow them down so that pass rush down. The Rams have always had trouble with people that know how to run the football well. So that would be a major part of it for me, and then do hard play action off of that. I think you're asking for trouble if you're going to empty out and try to turn the ball against those guys. That speed of the defense front is, is scary. Coach Martz joining us here on the Lombardi line. Let's go to the opposite side. What, what are your expectations from this Rams offense and specifically Stafford? Well, Matthew, you know, his, his history, he's, He's great 95% of the time. Then he has two dumb throws, <laughs> stupid throws every week. And sometimes they beat him, and sometimes they, they get dropped or they're insignificant. But, you know, just like last week or in the last game, he has a dropped interception. Probably might have cost him the, the game, but he has that in him. If, if he can avoid that, if he's just got to play better than Joe Burrow. To me, that's what it comes down to. One quarterback's just got to outplay the other. Yeah, and do you, do you think, I mean, I agree with you on the run the ball at the light ends. Don't you feel like the Rams will be able to run the football uh, against this Bengal defensive front? I like the linebackers, though. Um, they may. The difference is Cam Akers. They'll be able to run the ball to anybody with that back. I'm a huge fan of his. He's just got to protect the football. I think he's a difference maker for the Rams, Cam Akers. And, you know, T. Higgins... It will get a lot of balls because he won't get doubled, and he's answered the call here in the, in the last few weeks. So I think those two names are key factors for each team of playing big games that they're going to win. The the miss of uh, Tyler Higby, the tight end there for the Rams, is that a, b- a big impact, Coach Martz? Uh, not really. You know, they've got those three wide receivers, and it just gives – it probably gives uh, one of the other guys more opportunities to catch football. You know, the guy, I don't remember who replaced him, but he did an equitable job for him. That wouldn't be a concern unless they were a two-wide receiver team. Yeah, Kendall. Yeah. The biggest thing is, please. Yeah, the biggest thing is Kendall is a better run blocker, and if if they're going to hand hand the ball off to Cam Akers, you know, that's what you need. And I, and I really think. I really think the head coach went back and looked at the losses that they had against the 49ers since that time that they beat the 49ers. They have been a move the chains kind of offense, go make big mistakes, uh, and and really kind of been a lot more conservative, but really gobble up time and get points instead of uh, bombs away, which they had a tendency to be. 
Yeah, I, 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 you know, they've been 50% on third down, Coach March, in the in the playoff run, and you're right. They have moved the chain, and they've controlled the ball 35 minutes in this time, and to me, it, it, and they've been able to play from in front, which is critical. They get 48 points in the first half, only allowed 13, so I'm with you on that. It, it, what do you think of the outcome of the game? Where do you see this one ending up? Well, the Rams are a better team, there's no question, but there's a reason why Cincinnati's here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I think that combination between Chase and Burrow is probably the best I've seen. And uh, they'll have to do something special to answer that. But it could be one of those San Francisco and Chargers Super Bowls, but I don't think so. Uh, I do think that Cincinnati's real, and I think it'll be a, a very, very close game. You know, uh, it all comes down to whether Stafford can play mistake-free football. But I do think the Rams win. That's very similar to what Rich Gannon told us earlier in the show. Coach Martz, thank you so much for giving us some time this morning on a Saturday. Enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me, guys. Okay. That's cool. That's a cool breakdown from, from Coach. He said, Higby, I'm not concerned. That leaves the receivers open, and plus Blanton's a better blocker. <laughs> so he's not concerned. I, I pretended like Higby was a big deal yesterday, and Coach is like, nah, you're off here. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I mean, look, you can see he's watched the tape of the game. He's broken the game down, and he sees it through the lens of a head coach, which is really the big picture view you need to see it from. And and it's great to get his perspective on it, and especially when it comes to those protections. I think he's so right. I mean, you should never take a sack. you got to get rid of the football. And I think if, if Burrow holds on to that ball like Gannon said, he wants to throw it down the field, it's going to spell bad news for them. Okay, so our next guest is just, is going to be joining us from the dog pound. Celebrity chef Michael Simon's going to join us next year. He's a draft Nick. He's a huge Browns fan, and he joins us on the Lombardi line coming up next. Looking forward to it. It's in the Sports Betting Network. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you know VSEN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game and you see it right there in front of you. The big game betting guide is free, which is unreal because this is comprehensive, super extensive, give you everything trends, strategies, props, tips from the experts and more. vsin.com/superbowl to download the big game betting guide for free. Again, vcin.com slash Super Bowl. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. The next guest we're gonna, that's going to join us here is obviously a celebrity chef, and he he was booked by Millie Lombardi. So we want to thank our, yeah. our celebrity booker, Millie Lombardi. Michael yeah. Simon joins us, and I'll let you and Michael get to it. I'll just start here. Your Browns, Michael, own the 13th overall pick in the upcoming draft. What direction do you want them to go in? Uh, well, I think definitely wide receiver. We got to go wide receiver. I think wide receiver. Oh, I love it. I love it. No, I love it, Michael. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't. You know, we're going to come back and do the draft show with us too because I know you'll be well prepared for that. But the. <laughs> Everything. Everybody wants to. I, I, Millie's Millie's uh, uh, disappointed to have to spend Super Bowl Sunday with me instead of you. What's on the spread <laughs> in the Simon House? That's all she wants to know about. Like, what are we cooking tomorrow? And FYI, I have we have cooked everything off Simon dinners that you could cook on the grill. So, just what are you doing for tomorrow's uh, Super Bowl? Well, you know, oddly enough, Liz and I are. Def- she is in Cleveland. I'm in New York. I was in New York for work. So I am going to be. I'm going to. 
uh, one of my dear friends out here named Alfiero, very Italian, if you didn't know. So we are having, he's doing the full Italian feast for Thanksgiving. We're having, you know, Sunday supper. So, you know, meatballs, sausage, ribs in the sauce, with a little bit of cavatelle, um, you know, big salad, garlic bread. You know, so it's going to be an Italian, uh, an Italian Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, I love that. I can see Millie will be driving up there tomorrow. I can see that. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> it, sounded, it sounded like an episode of The Sopranos. I got a little lost, Michael. We're going to got a little bit of gabagol. <laughs> I was just like, it sounds delicious, but I'm confused. Michael Simon joins us here. The, the game in particular it, what excites you? I want to get a pick from you because we, we know how heavily involved you are into this. The Rams are a four-point favorite, but just overview on the game. What excites you about Super Bowl 56 here, Michael? Well, I mean, the thing that excites me, that excited me the most, I, I was talking to a friend the other day. He goes, imagine if you're a Clevelander and you fell asleep two months ago and you woke up this week and someone <laughs> would say to you, I got great news. An Ohio team and OBJ are in the Super Bowl. You're like, the Browns made the Super Bowl. I just woke up and they're in the Super Bowl. But no, no, it's the Bengals and not the Rams. That's a great answer. So there's that. I, you know what, and, and Ohio fans are, I, I, are mad at me right now because they're like, well, you, you got to cheer for the Ohio team. You know, Burroughs from Ohio, you know, he was a Buckeye for a little bit. You know, you support your Ohio team. I am not wired that way. They are a division rival. I, I, you know, I wouldn't yeah. cheer for the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't cheer for the Ravens in the Super Bowl. And, I mean, I'm happy that, like, Burrow seems like a really great kid, so I am happy that he made the Super Bowl. Um, obviously, great job by the Bengal team. But I cannot cheer for a division rival. It's, I'm just not wired that way. And, and Wait, I have a brother-in-law from Cincinnati who tortures me. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> It does get personal between Cincinnati. I mean, people don't realize. I mean, Michael, you remember, I mean, the rivalries between when we were good in Cleveland with Bernie and going oh. to those conference championship games and, and Sam White, you know, got on the megaphone and announced, uh, you know, you're not from yeah. Cincinnati, you're not from Cleveland. Remember that? You're not from Cleveland. Yeah, you're not from Cleveland. I'm like, and then everybody's up from Cincinnati. It's like, we would cheer for the Browns. I'm like, yeah, you cheered really hard when White got on the mic and said, you're not from Cleveland. You cheered really hard, but now you love us suddenly? Yeah, no way. Come on, man. <laughs> hey, hey, by the way, Cincinnati, you're basically Kentucky. So the, the Browns are. Go ahead, Michael. When you fly into, when you, when you go to Cincinnati, what airport do you fly into? What, what state are you in? <laughs> I think you're it's in Kentucky. Kentucky. You're in Kentucky. You're in Kentucky. Michael Simon joining us here on the Lombardi line. By the way, just as an aside, are you okay with your quarterback situation? We mentioned Burrow number one overall pick. You've got a number one overall pick on your team. Are you cool with the Browns quarterback situation right now? You know what? I, I am, you know, I mean, Mike knows this better than anybody. You know, Cleveland, certain Cleveland media, who we all know too well, will turn on the player's and management so quickly it's frightening you know and the way that i feel is you know we draft this kid in the in the years prior to the three years prior to bake we were i think four and 44 or something like that you know somewhere in that situation he comes in the first year we go what seven and nine the next uh next year was the kitchens year we go like six and ten the next year we go eleven five um, make the playoffs, beat our biggest rivalry that there is 
in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. You know, and he had a lot of injuries this year. He, you know, he was nicked up. He tried to gut through it because I just think that's the kind of kid he is. I, you know, I, I wish upper management would have sat him personally. Um, but, um, you know, I think he's going to be okay. You know, like, look, he is, to me, he's one of those kids that, like, you know, he's not the tallest. He's not the fastest. He does have, I think, elite arm strength. But he's just a fighter, man. And he was a walk-on that won the Heisman, a walk-on twice that won the Heisman and, and then was the number one pick in the draft and took a pledging franchise. And I feel him and Jarvis Landry changed the culture there. They were very important to the culture change there and made us a playoff, got us to be a playoff team. Um, and especially the first year. You know, when, when you go 0-16 and, and you come in and, and you lead a team to seven wins, that, to me that says something about the character of that kid. So I, I think he's going to come back strong. Um, you know, he needs the right pieces around him, um, which, I, you know, I hope that they find. Um, but, you know, I, I, I personally like Baker. I, I don't have a – some people have a problem with Baker. I'm not one of those people. I, I, I like Baker. I, I think he's a fighter. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I want I want a kid, a quarterback, that I know is going to be working harder than anybody else in the room. And I think he's that kind of kid. Great you know, answer. it's funny, Michael. Everybody wants to get rid of your quarterback, and then they never finish the sentence. They never say, well, who are we going to replace yeah. him with? Like, you know, it's it's easy. Oh, yeah, get rid of Baker, but who's coming in? And then as soon as we bring the next guy in, you're going to yell about him anyway. You know, like nobody Probably ever says, that. let's – Let's make Baker better. Let's do things that, you know, in, in fairness to Baker, he wasn't healthy. And so I, I think your answer is the perfect answer, and the strategy is the perfect strategy. When you think you found somebody better, then replace them. But until then, you're going to have to muddle your way through and make the team better. And I, and I think that's ultimately what, what you need to do. But my biggest, my biggest question to answer today is when are Simon Dinners coming back? That's the most important that's thing. That's all we care out. about. <laughs> they will be when, back in I'm, spring. So we're, we're close. We're uh, mid-spring. They'll be coming back. Um, you know, I just finished, a, a, like, a short season of Throwdown. We did four episodes of those. Hopefully we'll do more. Um, Simon's dinners with Lizzie in my backyard comes back uh, probably mid-spring. And then, you know, we'll even do more after that. So super excited about that. Um, and then my cookbook, uh, Fits with Food, um, Every Meal Easy, just came out a couple weeks ago. And, um, as of yesterday, we were, we were number one in all cookbooks on Amazon and number four in all books, period. So, um, I, man, I, I, I can't complain, guys. I've had a, I've had a really it's, – it's been a crazy couple years with the pandemic, but, you know, knock on wood, we've, uh, we've been, been fortunate with Michael, some of the other can stuff. I, can I embarrass him, Michael? Of course, he owns Angeline at the Borgata, and Thomas Gable, who yeah. runs the race in sportsbook, said Michael Simon's like the nicest guy to come through the casino. So not to embarrass you, Michael, but apparently Millie, Michael, Thomas, everybody says you're a great guy. So no expectations here on out, okay? Yeah. Well, it's 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 not it's it's not really a hard answer. A lot, you know. My grandfather lived to 103 years old, and you know, from the day that I could understand what he was saying, he said, "Life's easy. Treat people the way you want to be treated." You know, and and yeah, you, know, you just try to live your life that way, and everything will be okay. That's awesome. 
That no, is awesome. No doubt. No doubt. And, and that's the way it is. And, you know, it's not it's not phony. I mean, like even the great Bill Berman runs into the Michael at the Pittsburgh airport and says he's the greatest guy of all time. And he doesn't even know him. And so <laughs> to me, that's what makes it so good. And that ding you just heard on that was Millie buying the cookbook. I just want you to know, because I promise you that's happening. <laughs> well, Millie wants Millie's like, who cares about the Super Bowl? Let's get into the food. Yeah, yeah, but we uh, do yeah, have to yeah. ask. Let's get a prediction on the way out. Michael Simon, what do you got as far as Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl 56? I'm going to say uh, that the defensive line, just judging on what the Browns were able to do to Cincinnati with, with uh, you know, with Garrett and Clowney, you know, beating up that offensive line, I don't know if that Cincinnati offensive line is going to hold up uh, to that Rams team. So I'm going to say uh, Rams by cast mm, 28-17 Rams. 28-17. So Rams cover under. That's Michael Simon. I love it. I Michael, love it. thank you, buddy. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, you Michael. It, and, 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 and set a place for Millie tomorrow. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. I'll see you guys soon. And she tells she's always welcome at my table, as are you, Michael. Be good, guys. Thank I, you, Michael. I swear to you, I thought you two were talking Italian at the beginning of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I, but I got hungry, bro. When yeah. I, where I grew oh, up, we man. went to Olive Garden. That doesn't sound like the Olive Garden that he's dealing with over there. Yeah. No, I mean, he's that those Simon dinners, I'm telling you, I've cooked every one on the back grill. Incredible. TG next here, Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. It's a great question, Femi. All right, go for a huge score. Okay, so here's the deal. This is simple. You bet 10 bucks on either the Bengals or the Rams. If either team scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 bucks. This is for new bettors over at BetMGM. And again, you also earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for room nights and dining at MGM Resorts nationwide. So again, this is the king of sportsbook. The bonus code is SB200 for new bettors over at BetMGM. If you do have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. As we well, Michael Simon was awesome. I want to thank him for joining. Michael, that was a fun conversation with Great. Michael Simon. His breakdown on Baker and the, and the Browns was about as good as I've heard. No, I'm telling you, we got to get him on for the draft. And TG sitting next to me here. Welcome, TG. TG. He said when he's here in the uh, at 
coming to check on Angelina's and when you have some of those Food Network shows that you do here that are great at the Borgata, we got to get him on. I mean, he this guy loves the draft. I mean, and he does his homework. And it isn't just, the, okay, he reads this book and he says, I like this player or that. No, he actually watches the tape and he goes through it and he, and he enjoys football. So the same attention he gives to making those Simon dinners, which, uh, you know, are great, he gives to the NFL draft. I mean, that's the thing about the NFL draft you have to love, TG, is yeah. people are draft next. I mean, they just love this stuff. Yeah, and, they do. And, you, and you can, now that with YouTube and all that, you can watch all the players online, never leave your house. Welcome, Thomas Gable from Behind the Book. We have a Thank lesson you. to start with from Behind the Book. I love this, Thomas. Yeah. I didn't think we were going to wake up with a money line coin toss correlation, but that's where <laughs> we are. So let's get to it. A little lesson here from Thomas Gable. Yeah, so just wanted to, uh, more like a PSA, that uh, hey, when you're looking through these props, and listen, there's pages and pages of props for all, that all books put out, but uh, it's important to look, realize what you're looking at sometimes. So, for instance, we have a, a coin toss prop here that uh, correlates with the game. So team wins the coin toss and the game. So there's we have odds associated with uh, if the Rams win the toss and the game, they're plus 170. The Bengals win the toss in the game, it's plus 350. But So there's four different scenarios that it obviously uh, you can bet on that. But it's important when I, you're looking at this, if you have, let's say you just have $100 to invest and you just want to bet the money line on the game, okay? So the, the money line right now, if you're, you're betting the, uh, the Rams, you're laying $2. That's, um, and if you're betting the Bengals, uh, plus 165 there on the money line. So it's important to look at this prop because it specifically has to do with the money line to win in the game outright. You will get a better return if you split up that $100 here and bet $50 on both scenarios for the Rams to win or both scenarios for the Bengals to win. You'll actually get a better return. So do some quick math here. So let's say instead of laying that $2, you split up the $50. You bet the Rams uh, plus 170 there to win the toss and the game. You'll win 85. Uh, if you bet $50 then on the Rams uh, at plus 185 to win the toss, or yeah, I'm sorry, Bengals to win the toss and lose the game. That's the Rams winning it outright. Again, that returns 92.50. So you'll actually be making more. On both of those scenarios, one of those scenarios comes in. Great. Then betting the Rams money line outright. Same thing with the the Bengals. If you're betting the Bengals prop there, Bengals win the toss in the game plus 350 for 50 bucks, you'll win 175. If uh, the Rams win the toss and lose the game, which is basically the the Bengals winning the game there again at uh, plus four dollars, you'll win $200 on a $50 investment. So you'll actually get a better return if you look at this particular prop instead of just betting the money line outright. That's brilliant. That's really good. That's really helpful to the betters, and I think that's really important. It's just a, a different way to maximize your return and also give you options to really where you can, where it just doesn't come down to all or nothing. Right. Yeah, and it's important, again, to always look at all these props because sometimes you don't necessarily know what you're looking at at first glance, and uh, when you dig a little deeper there you can you can find some value there well that is a great lesson and for those visually inclined we'll post that we got a lesson there with Stephen Bond we'll post Thomas's lesson at VEASAN live on Twitter it's a great job Thomas let's uh, let's start off with where you sitting on a Saturday how are we feeling as far as handle at the Borgata and what's the, what's the movement there 
So we've moved to uh, the Rams uh, laying four Thursday night, I believe. We went from four and a half down to four. And uh, the Bengals money, we've been taking Bengals money here uh, this week. So 62% of the tickets and 71% of the money right now is on the Bengals uh, on the side there. But you're not moving the number. Well, we did. We moved from four and a half down to four okay. Yep, okay. on Thursday. So we're sitting at four currently. And uh, total sitting at 48 and a half. Um, so... You know, again, we're, we have a little bit of liability there on the under, not much. But, um, again, we're still sitting in decent position for the game. But uh, we know today and tomorrow this is where 80 to 90 percent of the handle on the game is going to show up. So uh, lots, uh, lots to come in here this weekend. What's your biggest bet so far? Uh, we took uh, Monday. There was a 100,000 uh, Rams money line bet that came in. And uh, I think that might be the only six-figure bet that has come in so no, far. No word from Duffel, Duffel Bag Boy at all? <laughs> no, no, I have not heard from him this week. <laughs> I don't know he where go? he is. Well, he was here, Patrick. I mean, he I was know. here. I'm dying. I, I mean, he was walking around here. I was dying. I mean, how about the man last that, that last year that played? Remember, he came in. There was a gentleman from Los Angeles that flew in, yeah. was carrying a boatload of cash around, and finally, at the 11th hour, remember, Thomas, mm -hmm. he played the Bucks. In the first, first quarter, first, first quarter, quarter yeah. uh, up by, and he took three, right? I mean, he laid three. Yeah, I, he, he hit it by half a point. Hit it by yeah. half a point, yeah. and, and so he was able to win that. And then he carried that money around, and he came. Thomas kept trying to get him back here to, to play the <laughs> NCAA tournament, which he did, because Thomas always good at getting his money back. But, but uh, has he no action on him today? No, but but again, I mean, we always seem to have these random individuals who come in, you yeah. know, on Super Bowl Sunday, like right before the game, with you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in a bag and show up. So and you you get no notice for that. They just show up, uh, like that gentleman did last year. I mean, he just he well, walked up to the counter early and says, "Hey, I've." 250,000 I want to I have here and then he came back you know last minute and bet the first quarter Wait, when you got 250k in a bag watch the door swing open for you I mean because <laughs> it's gonna happen was that right was, you, was, you should yeah that is was that guy's name Amal Shaw because he's sitting to my right <laughs> and he, he perked up when he heard those numbers so uh, <laughs> now anything as far as the total did you move up from 48 48 and a half to 49 we haven't touched 49. Uh, we're still 48 and a half here. Uh, and again, it, you know, I could see this actually go a little bit lower. Um, really? You know, depending because yeah, we have we have liability here on the on the under right now. Uh, so I, I could see it possibly going to 48. Okay. Wow. I like it the other way. Maybe I'm just, you know, I'm visualizing this game being a little bit more offensive and listening to March and, and Rich Gannon, who we had on the show today, you kind of get the sense, and I think March is right about the protections. I mean, if the Bengals get their protection squared away, big if, right. they should make some plays because Higgins is going to be the guy they're going to throw the ball to. By the way, my friend Jason literally just texted me, what's TG's play today? So that'll transition yeah, into well, the Thomas Gables, Des Moines. But this is That's a, all they want to know. This is a gross play, by Take the way. center stage, TG. Ten and Take four, stage, ten and four on the year. What did you pick out the lowest total on the board? And we're going to go under Evansville and Southern yep. Illinois. Let's do it, Thomas. Yeah, very low total here uh, in Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, 
Evansville, 6-17 on the season, 2-10 in the conference. They visit Southern Illinois today. Evansville coming off that overtime loss to Indiana State. Uh, they actually played a back-to-back -back there with Indiana State. Won the first meeting of that matchup, but make no mistake, this is a bad offensive team, and now you know playing a, a third game here in uh, just a few days. They shoot only 31.7% from three, 45.4% from two, and they get out-rebounded by a margin of six per game. Uh, now, look, we are looking at the total in this game, not the side. So let's take a look at Southern Illinois. And this is a team that's also struggled to score at times this year. They often suffer long scoring droughts that in games, and it covers up really good defensive efforts for them uh, as well sometimes. So uh, we are going to look at the under here of 114 and a half. Uh, I know it's a low total, but we're going to go under. <laughs> Don't I watch the it. game. You'll be tripping. That is a low 114 and a half go under Evansville, Southern Illinois. And by the way, you're 10 and 4 on the year. So let's keep it going. How, how do you pick these games out? You just going to go through the power. I mean, you know, go through the power rating, see what, uh, see what, see what like, jumps out, see what jumps out. And then see you go jumps to out. it. I, I love it. I, I love it that, you know, you, that, that's what you have to do with power. I mean, it's look, we've said this many times and we'll say it for the next couple months. I mean, it all pays the same, whether it's the Super Bowl or whether it's Evansville versus Southern Illinois, the, the Salukas, is that what they're called? Yeah, right. Very good. <laughs> and you just have to be careful when a bookmaker's handing out plays because he could be trying to hoodwink you. So, but, and Thomas seems well, the thing like I he's not that I, shady. The thing I love about it, there's only 504 tickets written on this game. He's giving you a little nugget here. Well, I mean, it's a really, it's, you know, you, you could pick out a game with low, low volume. Well, this, game, certainly this game on Super Bowl weekend is not going to attract a ton of attention for sure. It's like, so we don't need to worry about that. Well, they pay the same, though. They, they pay do. the same. My friend uh, Jason just made it 505 tickets written on that game, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, yeah. thank you. You're going to join us tomorrow. Tomorrow, Thanks, which we TG. appreciate. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, TG. Okay. Thank we, you, Stephen Bond. Yeah, thank appreciate you. Appreciate you. Yeah, great Bond. graphics, Stephen. Great yeah, graphics. Yeah, I want to say thank you to Matt and Ryan as well, who did a great job behind the scenes. And uh, Kevin, too. My man, Kevin, Kevin. Give him some love. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you as well. Michael, enjoy your Saturday. Big game tomorrow. We'll talk, we'll talk to you then, okay? Thank you, Patrick. Okay. A-team coming up. Femi and Amal next here at Betting Across America. It is V-CIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.